Ladies and gents, uh, welcome back to another Engineers podcast. Uh, today we've got Carl Anderson, who's joining us from Ledger, <laughs> who's joining us from Ledger, who are making uh, security products or hardware products for uh, crypto security and doing some really awesome stuff, some really awesome stuff. And we're going to be uncovering uh, a load of security content today and talk a little bit about some of what they're building. Carl, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, delighted to be here and delighted to have that talk. Absolute pleasure. Give us a bit of an intro into Ledger, who the business are and what you're building, and then some of your role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Ledger is a security company, really, um, and its mission is to secure Web3. As you guys know, blockchain is nothing new. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin is 2008, Ethereum is 2014. And so is Ledger, actually. Uh, Ledger started in 2014, same time as Ethereum, pretty much. Um, and it starts with the idea that we need security. Because um, if you go, I think what the blockchain allows you to do, really, is to have digital ownership uh, for the very first time. In history, you, there's this notion of scarcity like when you own and the set on the blockchain it is yours and if i send it over to you unlike sending a picture on whatsapp which is just a copy of the picture that i still have if i send that coin or that nft to you i no longer have it so self-custody yep. is amazing your keys your coin um but without security it's terrifying right um so that's where that's that, that's what ledger really set up to do so starting in 2014 it's really about securing digital assets um, with self-custody, uh, with not a custodial service. And I think this is really at the core of anything that everything that we're doing. Um, and we're already securing, if you fast forward to now, we're all already securing about 20% of all crypto assets worldwide. Um, so we are on that mission, securing Web3. And there's, and there's a lot to that. So I, I guess we'll get into this a bit later um, during the podcast. Yeah. Uh, in terms of company size, we're about 600 employees. Uh, we have, we're, an, we're a European and international company. I think it was the headquarters are in Paris. That's where I am actually today. Nice. Um, and we also have offices in London. We have a factory in Vierzon, offices in the US as well. I'm actually based in London. Um, so I'm working from our, our Ledger London offices in Holborn, yep. which is quite, quite nice. Um, and my role at Ledger, so I started about a year ago, a bit, a bit over that now. I'm the vice president of engineering at Ledger. And as such, I'm responsible for the tech teams building our consumer products. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I answered you three questions, right? Yeah, extremely well as well. Talk to <laughs> us a little bit about... <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about what you're building for the crypto space and break that down for us. Yeah, absolutely. So I think back to what I was saying is blockchains are quite mature and they provide this new world of opportunity, uh, which is digital ownership. Uh, and I think from my perspective, it's pretty clear that most of brands and, and companies in the world are going to go from zero digital assets to some, right? Yeah. Uh, and from my perspective, the whole idea behind Web3 is that ownership aspect. So um, 
if, if, if it is to go custodial, um, like using services like FTX or Binance or all, well, you actually, you, you're buying Bitcoin and you're buying Ethereum, but it's actually stored on their key. You don't actually own it. So it's pretty much the same as a, a normal bank. So it's, it's a step forward because you're, you're in digital space, but you don't own it. And so to own it, you need to own your keys, right? And as we said earlier, um, with self-custody, you need security. Without it, um, anyone can actually steal your key from you and then all your digital assets. So that's actually a step backward and not forward. Yeah. Um, so why Ledger? I think really the, the idea is that it's a security company. And if you look at the Web2 infrastructure, I'm talking all hardware or firmware, but also applications, um, they're just not suitable for the security challenges that, that Web3 brings. I mean, we're seeing malware and viruses and hacks. I don't know if you remember Stuxnet or Pegasus a couple, a couple summers ago. Governments can hack into our, 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 our hackers can actually very easily hack into our, our computers and laptops and, and, and get information from it which is, I guess, not great, but kind of all right, because it's just information. And those, and, it, and this hardware is never going to go away. I think it's amazing to create, consume, share information. Yeah. But this is just not, it's not roles. I mean, they're not built to secure uh, cryptographic secrets or, or digital assets, right? Yeah. And so that's what we, that's what we uh, set up building. And that's what, Ledger built in 2016, they released the Ledger Nano S, which was the very first hardware wallet, uh, which then became their most selling products. Um, that's, that's, it all starts there by securing the private key, allowing self-custody, and that's the Ledger solution because suddenly it's in a device which is not linked to the, it's off the internet, but you cannot hack yourself into it because it's just, just not there. Yeah. Um, and then there's different types of devices, different types of hardware wallets where you could do so. But it's, I think what I want to detail as, as well here is that it's not just, it's not in a USB key at all. It's a secure, on it, there's, there's actually a secure element chip, which is kind of the same thing that it's built on the same technology as smart cards. So, you know, the, the chips that you have on your credit cards or debit cards that, that we've been storing secrets with for the past two or three decades now. Um, it's, the, it's the same technology, but like revved up to the max, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a small secure element, it's laser proof. We built an operating system on top of it, which means that your key never leaves that safe and trusted zone. Uh, I can, and has cryptographic ability so you can sign and build transactions straight from the chip, right? So your key never leaves it. So you can't just uh, do a middleman attack and get the key on the way. It yeah. never leaves the hardware, right? So that's why, and, so that, um, and also on that hardware, I didn't say it, for those that have never seen the ledger, it has, it has a display. And that display in the buttons on the hardware is actually controlled by the secure element as well. And so that's also super important because that's a trusted display, which means that if an application or website says, yeah, yeah, we're sending that coin to this address, but it could very much do it to someone else, you know, because they control the pixels on the screen. Yeah. Then when you sign the transaction on the device, you can actually check that the address that's written on your laptop is actually the same address that you're actually building the transaction and actually sending your digital asset to, right? Um, so that trusted display is super, super important because it allows you to clear sign transaction and it cannot be hacked. It's controlled by the secure element, the same chip that controls your secrets. 
um, in the same OS. It's an entire trans trusted environment. Good. So I think that really is the, the heart of the proposition. Yeah. Uh, is that secure element trusted to play? And that's a brand new generation of hardware. And with it comes a brand new generation of software, which is Ledger Live, uh, that allows you to manage your portfolio and mount, and do all that is Web3 compliant. And, and then we're, we also have much more products now that we're releasing more and more to go up the stack because as, as Web3 is evolving, we have more and more, uh, more and more use cases with DeFi, NFTs, yeah. um, decentralized exchanges, all those kind of things. So are you seeing some commonalities between a Web2 infrastructure and security and, and now new gen Web3? And what are they? Um, it's not common, I mean, not much commonalities. I guess there, there's some commonalities, which is obviously cryptography, uh, algorithm, like basic tech and computer science is the same. Uh, but then I think exactly what we're saying for Web3 and to store secrets, to store your keys to digital assets, you need a new generation of both software and hardware, right? Um, we talked about the hardware before, how uh, you, need, you, know, you can't just store it in normal RAM or ROM because all applications have access to it and they could just get your keys and then get your coins and you'd lose everything, right? Uh, so you need to have that separation from that perspective. Um, but then, then once you've set that apart, uh, then we're using the same uh, coding languages. I'm thinking React.js on the front end, the back end. Uh, yeah. We have a variety of services written in Python and and Scala and, and Node.js, TypeScript. You know, this kind of stuff is is the same language. It's just applied to to um, to build new solutions, really, and that new generation of hardware. Yeah. Can we really try and demystify crypto security? Because I think there's there's a host of information. I feel from the community there can be misinformation as well about crypto security. So can we just demystify that headline and understand security for crypto and what it means? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think first of all, you need to understand the threats, right? What do you need to, what do you need to secure yourself from? And I think to me, there's, I think the first one is the basic ones, which are virus, malware, spyware, right? It's been there forever, but now it's just not just information that they can steal from you. It's, it's your, your digital assets. So you need to fend off from those. And here the solution is quite easy. Get yourself off the internet, off the same hard drive that is, you know, used by the rest of your computer, right? Because it's, it's shared space. So it's kind of, it'd be kind of like building a a vault in like a nightclub with like lots of hops and going and then having an ice cream cart and a kindergarten. And you, know, you, you wouldn't be able to secure any secrets in there because there's just too many entry points, too many inputs, outputs. And it's exactly what your phone and your, and your laptop are meant to do. And by the way, they do it great, right? So they, they're always going to stay. They're here to stay. I think we just need that extra generation where you can get into that safe zone and which is just about protecting your your, your private keys. Um, I think then the second one, and we kind of alluded to it with a trusted display earlier, is uh, fending off from uh, targeting targeted attacks, right? So it's really a type of threat which uh, like a, a, 
uh, a hacker is going to actively pursue and compromise a target. Uh, and that would be via the infrastructure, via uh, social engineering, like those kind of things. Like they know they're going after you because, because they know that you have seven bored apes and they want to get them from you. So same, you know, getting your key off the internet and on the, on the ledger, which is hidden, your place definitely is, is the right way to go. I mean, and same, you need, you need, um, I mean, our ledger is not just uh, of the internet. We talked about the secure element. That's literally laser proof, right? And if you start tinkling too much, or if you, if you start typing, if you, if you put three wrong pins on it, it's going to wipe out, right? Just like, just, uh, yeah, exactly. So, so that if, if, if I could give you my, my hardware wallet, like yeah. I know you wouldn't be able to get the secrets out of it. And if you, and if you start plugging into a computer and sending the wrong things as well, if you mess around too much, it's going to same wipe out as well. So it's going to protect your secrets. And you as a user, that's okay. Because as long as you have your 24 words, you can recreate the exact same private key on, the, on another wallet and then retrieve all your coins and stuff. So that's the security. And we actually, you actually go even further. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the hammer scenario. <laughs> um, so it's the idea that you get abducted and someone with a hammer forces you into typing a pin. You yep. can actually, on the ledger, you can actually put a, a false, a fake one, you know, like that would actually work, but you only have like a very a tiny portion of your crypto. So, yep. which hopefully will be enough for your attacker to leave you alone and say, okay, give me the pin. I got the, I got the private key, but it's actually a fake private key. So the rest of your assets and 90% of your assets are then, uh, safeguarded. So then we go to those types of security for targeted hacking, right? What a cool feature. <laughs> it is, right? Um, so well thought out. Yeah, I think, it's, it, again, it's because what you got to realize when you go into crypto and you're creating your key, you're actually being your own bank. Yeah. Right? And, that, and that's why a lot of people are... Uh, a common feedback that I get from users is like, oh man, I, I mean, I love it, but it takes half an hour uh, to set up, which is completely true. And it's like, well, can't you make it easier and, and, and speedier? You know, it's like, well, you probably don't want to do that because actually a big thing. You need to understand what you're doing right there because you, you are essentially becoming your own bank. And so you need to write down those 24 words. You need to be in a quiet space where nobody can look over your shoulder and actually see your 24 words as well. Because those are going to be the ones that generate your private key, which is going to be the master key to all your digital assets in that Web3 world. Yeah. Um, so that, that is critical. Yeah, that, that's critical. I think the, that security element, you don't want to simplify it. You know, it's not like a, it's not like a fintech service where you can almost do you know, a video sign on quite easily within five minutes, like a five minute sign up, you want something completely the opposite, right? But that, yeah, exactly. That's okay in those scenarios because those are custodial services. Like they are the ones that are responsible with your money. Um, so, um, and, you know, you 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 rely on their vault and, and their SecOps. Yeah. Uh, whereas when you're in crypto and you're going into self-custody, then, you know, just as... Peter Parker's grandfather would say, you know, great power comes great responsibility. I mean, it's amazing that you can do instant transfers worldwide, low fees, uh, and that's, that's fantastic. But, but at the same time, because there's no third party, yeah. if something happens, you have no one to turn to. If yeah. you send that 
NFT by mistake to the wrong address. Yeah, you, you can't call a bank to say like, hey, no, I messed up. I got to get it back. Yeah. So that's why it's so important that you have those this trusted display, the proper security around your keys to yeah. protect you. Well, we, and this is actually where you know, we were talking about the Web3 software as well. So we yeah. talked a lot about hardware here, yeah. but then it's about creating the software layers on top of it where you have confirmation screens, where you have that ease of use to kind of make sure that you're not making mistakes. I think a good example is those, I don't know if you use Ethereum, but you have those big addresses, hexadecimal, 32 characters. It's, you, know, it's, you mess one digit, you, know, you, you put an L instead of a, of a one, yeah. and then it goes to someone else, right? Um, so that's when services like naming services on top of it, that it, it'd be kind of like going, instead of typing google.com, it's typing the IP, right? Um, yeah. uh, that's where we are in crypto in it's very early days. And I think that's why we're saying we need a new generation of both hardware and software to kind of ease, make it mainstream, but securely and with self-custody at heart. Yeah. And also... Offline, we spoke about this and I thought this was a really cool concept and you've got a number of layers of security to actually protect yourself. I think you called it the dungeon or the the lair. Talk talk to us about that so people can actually understand some of the lengths that you go to to secure some of your products and services. Yeah, so it all started with security. We're a security company. And yep. I think one of the first things that Legend did was creating a, a security research lab. Yep. Um, so we have white hackers um, and, and they're, in a, they're in a room in the, actually it's, it's quite close to where I am. <laughs> it's in the Paris office. Uh, and we call it the dungeon because he has a kind of that dungeon vibe with this uh, circular staircase, metal mm-hmm. one that goes upstairs. And it's a secure zone. So um, not like almost no one in the company has access to that dungeon, to, to that dungeon, to that area. Uh, so right. it's a safe zone. And so those guys, their, their entire role is to hack into things, right? So they do it, they look at the, they look at the space and, and, and hacking into different types of technologies and, they, they, uh, and, and then researching, um, writing papers about it, notifying, whenever they find a vulnerability, we obviously not notify the, uh, the software editor or the company that that is proprietary to the to the software that they hacked into, uh, so that they fix it. So it's about leveling up and creating this new generation of software and hardware to get us into Web three. So that's we're using that externally and doing all that research, and obviously from nice. from that experience and those uh, that that, that uh, knowledge that we're gathering out there, we're using that in our pro- in our products. But it's also yeah. when we're building products. Um, what we're doing is basically, you know, you guys go and try to hack it, you know, like, is it safe enough? And if, 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 if they break it, obviously we'll fix it. If they don't, it's like, okay, cool. Now here's the architecture and here's the, you know, here's all the documentation. I try and hack it again, right? Because yeah. <laughs> now they know how it works. So like, if they hack it, we fix it. If they don't, we move on to the next stage. And actually we, um, on our hardware devices, we also use external security labs as well like come on you guys go and hack it as well try and see it and if again if they, fi- if they find one we fix it um so that it doesn't happen to our customers so that once it finally reaches you on the market um we're we're, I mean, we're never 100 percent sure but we're 99.99999 percent sure uh that it's going to be all right right but but it's a new space as well, right? And, you know, we're going to talk about that because you mentioned, you know, some of the engineering challenges is it is a new space. You do need to build 
lots of stuff that there are unknowns, right? Um, but I think that's that's such a, a key way uh, for you to go about security. And we'll go on to some of the engineering challenges. It, it would be good to understand what you guys and girls feel are some of your engineering challenges at the moment. Well, I think it's, everything is a challenge when it comes to blockchain, right? Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brand new. You're like, oh, we talked about the addresses. It's like, oh, my, you know, as a user, it's just terrible and painful. It's like, oh, my gosh, we need a naming service. Yeah. Like it feels, I don't know if you ever use ICQ, but as a, as a teenager, it was pre-WhatsApp, pre pre-all that stuff. We all knew our ICQ number by heart or our telephone numbers. I mean, we all, I, I knew my friend's telephone numbers by heart because, we didn't have mobiles and we yep. would go in those, uh, you know, use those landlines and you would, obviously you didn't have an address book with you. So you would know them by heart. And, and I mean, that's really where we are. So when we're building this service, like, oh, you know, that's great. But that's, actually that's kind of painful to use. Let's, let's add a naming service for this. Yep. Oh, it doesn't exist. Well, we got to build it, right? And ENS does that beautifully. But, but then you need something multi-chain. Oh, crap. So, you know, you got to go and, and do those kind of things all the time. I think another good example is last year when we went into NFTs. Um, so on-chain NFTs, uh, NFTs really just a title of ownership on-chain. So you have the address of the creator, uh, the address of the owner, and then just a URI pointing to metadata. Uh, yeah. that's, that's all that there is on-chain, you know, in most chains. And then you follow that URI and you have a JSON file, which is all the metadata of your uh, NFT. So the name, the collection, um, I don't know, what properties that your NFT may have and those kind of things. And then in there, usually in that JSON, you have a link then to the actual binary object that is your NFT, which could be a, uh, I don't know, a PDF, image, audio, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's a mix of on-chain information, like owner, creator, token URI. Uh, then you have two types of off-chain information, which is the metadata, which is textual, yep. usually JSON, and then a binary large object, which is usually stored um, either on AWS or GCP, or right. for, the, for, the, for, for the best projects, on a decentralized storage, which is censorship resistant and it's Web3 native. Nice. Um, but so if you if you if you're building an NFT service, you, you first the first thing you got to do is kind of build that backend that can aggregate all this information, so that you as a user can actually view this, right? Yeah. And so you have to index the blockchain to know that okay, this person owns that because the first thing that your users are going to ask is to be able to display what's what's linked to your wallet. So you got to go to that address and then yeah. scan the blockchain and okay, that that address has all those uh, all those uh, uh, NFTs, oh, ERC-721 tokens, yep. then then you go, then to be able to display them, you got to get all the JSON for each and every one of them, and then you got to follow the link to actually then download and cache all this, right? Yeah, That's actually a lot of work, right, uh, to make it happen. It's the same, uh, and that's why in, in 2021, 2022, we've seen a lot of NFT APIs kind of come up because everybody was like, man, NFTs are amazing, but to be able to use them and provide that provide that to the world, we actually need to build all this technology, yeah. um, aggregating on-chain and off-chain data and, and all those things. Yeah. You, so that's another good example. Yeah. Uh, Consumer-facing products, especially in the crypto space, right, with 
an awful lot of complexity and security, it's going to throw up some challenges. It is going to throw up some challenges. What what architecture and, and stack are you currently working inside of at the moment at Ledger? And some of the reasons for those choices as well. Yeah. Um, so let's go layer by layer. <laughs> so uh, on the on our nanos, uh, so a, nano, a Ledger Nano is the... Uh, it's the actual the actual device uh, that is storing your keys. The 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 language here is C, uh, so that's how we built our operating system. It's all C. Uh, then, as a third party, you can build uh, application for that Nano, and you can either use C or Rust um, uh, on that platform. Um, and then, if we go up a layer, uh, we arrive into the uh, the software that allows you to do to set up your device, but also do your portfolio management. Uh, And that's Ledger Live. And so this is a React.js application um, running on Electron on desktop. And then um, it's React Native, same code base, running on on, uh, iOS and Android. Uh, Then if you go up uh, up a layer again, you got backend services that allow you to use this info, all that information in in our front ends. Um, and those are a mix of uh, Scala, Python, and Node.js. So it's microservices architecture. Yep. Um, I think in the in the in the B2C teams, most of our backends are in Scala because uh, we have very strong Scala team. Um, and, that's, and it it already was like that when I arrived. That's actually why it was pretty fun and surprising to me because it's not that common. Um, but it was a very pleasant surprise because it's not a, you know, functional programming is not something that you see often, but the people that are doing it are usually super senior usually. So mm-hmm. that's actually a, something that I'm quite happy about is that the, the level of that team is actually very, very high. Uh, uh, so it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good way to cast your engineers, I guess. <laughs> nice. So, but is it? Uh, yeah, so I think it's a portion of the backend is there, then Python, and then Node.js TypeScript for things that are less critical. Um, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And then we have, obviously, we have website and e-commerce. It's React.js. Uh, application framework is Next.js on top of it, which I think is, is, is fairly common and standard in, in the space. Nothing special about this. And you said AWS, GCP, and you've got a decentralized service as well. Oh, um, yeah, so that was all, no, that it's not necessarily us operating those. So us, we are, we're using a mix of OVH uh, and, um, and AWS. Yep. But then what I was saying is most NFTs in the world uh, are stored either in, obviously, AWS and GCP because they are the big cloud providers out sure. there. Um, but now there's a new generation to actually store those decentralized files, right? Because... If you're in AWS or GCP, then it's centralized. Um, Amazon could do whatever with the with the asset behind it, and the person that will upload it because this is not on chain, right? So you could ch- actually, after you buy an NFT, if it's stored on AWS, someone could actually change and replace, you know, the the JPEG that you bought of a board ape by a I don't know something else, <laughs> a yeah. giraffe, you know, for a joke, um, and that's it because what you but you have the title of ownership to a URI, which points to a digital asset. But if you change what the what, what the asset is on the uh, on your cloud uh, on your cloud storage, then then you have it. So 
people in the uh, in the blockchain community went up and tackled this challenge and got really cool projects as IPFS or Storage, to name a few. Yeah. Um, that are building decentralized storage. Um, so basically, it's a network of computer uh, and it's censorship resistant because it's replicated blockchain principle uh, on every data that you're storing on those computers. Yeah, nice. Okay. And we spoke about consumer-facing products, how much complexity there is. You're managing consumer engineering teams. What, what do you think consumer engineering means that you can share? Um, well, I think consumer engineering is all about I mean, as developers, and this is true to anybody, uh, what we want is our software to be used, right? Uh, I think we're all craving for this. I think the difference is just that consumer engineering is we're building things for everyone to use, whereas B2B is we're building things for uh, every company to use. So it's a Mm -hmm. bit different because you have different regulations, different sales cycles. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to have a sales team doing a pitch and explaining uh, how to set up your product and uh, probably adapt process and stuff like that, right? But consumer engineering is completely different, right? You have usually you have like a little, uh, <laughs> not much chances. You know, you have one shot at convincing someone. I mean, we've all done it, right? You, we have a problem. We're looking for a solution for our problem. We go to the app store, download that app. We try it out. It's, you know, it's not working as we want it to work or, or if, if it doesn't feel right, then up, delete, up, I'm next and I'm going to try something else. Right. Yeah. So we have, so there's that, I think, I think what's what I love about consumer engineering is that you start, you need to start from the customer, like start from the problem. What is it mm-hmm. that you're trying to solve? And then you have to solve it in the most brilliant, smoothest possible solution. And then you can iterate towards that. Right. Um, but it needs to be self-explanatory. It needs to be, it, it needs to be, great it needs to be fast it needs to be uh ubiquitous because we used to this mobile constant internet thing so uh i think that's what consumer engineering is to me i get the impression that everything that you do inside of ledger is extremely extremely deliberate i understand it has to be because we're talking about security at the highest level but everything feels really deliberate with the products that you're building or features that you're building. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, again, we're dealing with digital ownership here. So if we mess up, it's not like you're not going to receive a few texts and that's okay. Cause they send it again. Um, I mean, our goal is, is, is to ensure that you own your digital assets uh, and that they stay safe, safe. And with you, I mean, we're not um, we're not a custodial service. So your keys are always on that device. That there's no cloud where we're storing anything. We don't we don't ever see them. There's no copy to it. So it needs to run. It needs to be resilient. That really is the key, and that's the key to um to our motto. Good. To our that's our ethos, right? Yeah, of course it is. So what what are you all learning as a business? Um. I think I think where we at is obviously security, 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 uh, and we talked a lot about this. Um, and as there are more and more people coming into crypto, and as also there are more and more services building on top of crypto, I think now 
it's really about balancing convenience and ease of use with security. Because security is great, but uh, if it's super clumsy and you have to jump through all those hoops, you probably are not going to use uh, our services, right? So I think this is the key learning. And, and, as, and it can't be just us as well, because right now we're seeing thousands of blockchains out there, hundreds of DeFi projects, thousands of NFT projects and, and services around them like Sorare, which is fantasy football or NBA Top Shots and uh, Board at Yacht Club, like all those different NFT projects, lots of services building on top of this. Um, and, and that Web3 is really very nascent at the minute. It really feels like the Wild West yeah. um, from that perspective, even though blockchains are quite mature because they're decades old now. Um, so I think the learning here is really about how do we create an open platform that is secure about self-custody, convenient to use, but also convenient for developers to build upon it needs to be so that we create this new ecosystem, kind of like Android and iOS created for Web2 to become what it is today. Uh, I think we need kind of the same thing. And that's, that's, that's the mission. We've always secured and self-custody at heart so that by default, anyone building on top of this is like, uh, is in that world of security and, and, and Web3. So I think this is kind of the learning and that's the curve on which we're progressing and we're and that we're constantly iterating. And, and if you're looking at the latest proje projects that we released this year, such as Ledger Connect, those are the, those are the key things on yeah. top of our mind right now. Got you. Okay. I, I always love this part of the, the pod where we understand a little bit more about growth plans. You've done phenomenally well securing 20% of you know, world's crypto assets. No doubt there's more to come um, with, you know, what's on the horizon. And it, I wouldn't necessarily say it's an emerging space. You know, crypto is, is so prevalent and you're talking about more projects being built. So help us understand for, you know, several thousand people listening or that follow us, or what ledger are looking to hire and what talent they're looking to bring into the business. So if people are interested, they can get in touch or they've got an understanding of what you're looking to bring into the team from a talent perspective and why. Okay. We, so I described the tech stack, right? With the different elements. So yeah. we are hiring in all teams. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing uh, out there. Um, so I think, first of all, if you've worked in embedded software uh, in C or Rust, come and join us. Uh, there's plenty plenty to do with that perspective. I think there are two streams of work in this area. It's basically building, a, uh, contributing to build a brand new operating system, the first Web3 one running in a secure element. Um, and we talked about this. Working in a secure element is actually pretty hard uh, because if you don't send the right thing, then it's just going to wipe out <laughs> or freeze. Um, but uh, obviously, we've got tools and everything to, to, to work with that. So that's a world first, and that's super, super exciting as, a, as an engineer. After, if you're a React.js engineer um, that have as hard you know, customers, ease of use, but at the same time, Web3, uh, there's all this portfolio management where you can come and help, um, which, is, which is quite cool. And that kind of builds the platform. Then there's also 
Um, we're also building APIs on top of it for third parties to, to be able to create applications running on top of the Ledger stack. Um, and so that's also in React.js, but that's also very key because we're we a technology provider, uh, but then it's about really putting that technology to ev in everybody's hands. And so for all developers to then come and build on, upon it. So if you go on developers.ledger.com, yeah. um, those are, you, you'll see the output of that team um, where you can actually uh, use those different SDKs and APIs to integrate your, your blockchain or your service on top of Ledger Live. That's cool. Um, E-commerce, obviously, uh, we have an online shop, ledger.com, where, we, where we're selling our products and where you can download Ledger Live and download Ledger Connect and those kind of applications. Um, so we always need people that have that uh, passion for optimizing, you know, um, conversion uh, conversion flows and SEO is critical because also the world needs yeah. to be educated. Uh, it's, it's a very tough thing to explain. So there's a lot of content that we've got to put up and we've got a lot to build in that from that perspective. Uh, what am I missing? Backend, obviously, if, you, if you'd like to index blockchains and build an NFT API, we are building those elements. We're all building those things. We're, we're talking about naming services. We're building a multi-chain naming service. That's really, really fun. So I guess anyone who wants to be part of this revolution really is welcome. Um, and then on top of all I said, that's the platform really, but then we have services. Um, so we have Ledger Market, market.ledger.com, which is a, a new channel of distribution for NFTs. Uh, so if you're really passionate about NFTs and, and you believe in, in those digital titles of ownership that are going to be much more than just uh, JPEGs and GIFs, <laughs> um, Come and join because this marketplace is really to build that the the online it's an online department store right because right now most of the world yep. is actually consuming NFTs on on OpenSea yep. but to me OpenSea is like the eBay so it's fantastic to resell and and do stuff but if you think of it as a I don't know a, a Levi or a uh, Doc Martens they're not going to go on OpenSea to do a drop right they need their own space to do that. Um, that is secure with the right smart contract. And at the same time, they're not, they're not digital native. So for, for them to create a Web3 team is going to be super hard. Yeah. So that's, that's where Ledger Market comes in, is that we are that digital space where, they, where brands can come and self-serve and set up. Uh, you know, we have library of smart contracts. They can create their pre-drop, during the drop, after the drop space. Uh, and, for, and for users, it's just, they know that it's not a scam. They know that those smart contracts we're vetted or built by Ledger, so it's safe, that's it's cool. curated. Um, so it's really the first sale storefront. So that's one type of service. Then another type of service is obviously crypto. So we have no, we don't want to be an exchange or anything like that. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. Um, but I think the idea is once you store it and you and you have those, your private key that are safe with Ledger, yeah. well, you want to get the most out of it. So really what we're building here is making sure that we're integrating all those services like Binance and MoonPay and, um, yeah, Coinbase, like uh, all those things, so that you can use it easily straight from there. And you want to, I don't know, you want to buy some USDT, for instance. So you type it on there, and you have quotes from all the different exchanges out there. So you're going to use the one that is the most appealing to you, maybe because of the price or a low fee, or because you already did a, or you already have an account with them or something, so that you can access and use the, get the best out of Web3 easily.
That's pretty cool. We've got. Sorry, that was a quite long answer. No, that, <laughs> but that was like, was... there's lots that we're doing. It's, it's a pretty big team now. So that's lots yeah. that you're doing, and that's lots to get your teeth stuck into next year. Locationally, uh, help us understand where you're hiring engineers. Uh, Paris and London. Those are the two the two locations. That's where our offices uh, are, and that's where all of the software engineers are. Love it. We're, we're going to be staying in touch or staying in tune as well. Um, Carl, over the coming six to 12 months. There's going to be a collection of links for people to um, get in touch with below in regards to careers and anything else that we've mentioned in regards to Ledger for people to check out more of what they're doing. Um, Carl's LinkedIn page is going to be there if you want to reach out to him and reach out direct and uh, ask any questions rehiring. Carl, I want to say a big thanks. Obviously, um, I'm keen to see more of what happens next year uh, on the consumer engineering front, on the ledger front, and just generally with the business. I think you're doing some seriously exciting stuff. And a Thank big you, thanks for joining us uh, and talking to us about that journey as well. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure and talk to you soon. Talk to you Bye. soon. And for everyone listening, likes, shares, talk to your friends, share with your friends. If you're crypto fans, to understand a little bit more about how and why Ledger are doing things is, is massively appreciated. And bye for now. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.